This is the Voice Podcast Network. Welcome to Post Pitch, a bi-weekly podcast that dives a little deeper into an article published in this week's print issue of the Georgetown Voice. Today, I'm interviewing our writer, Sabrina Schaefer, to learn more about her features piece on Palestinian students at Georgetown. Please enjoy. Hi, Sabrina. Hi, Romy. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. This article was a beautiful one, and I was so happy to see that it got into the print issue. So would you begin by introducing yourself and the piece that you wrote? Of course. My name's Sabrina. I'm a junior in the SFS studying regional and comparative studies. And this piece was a feature that interviewed five or six Palestinian students at Georgetown both undergrads and graduate students who live in Palestine or who live in the United States or other parts of the diaspora. And I asked them about their experiences the past few months being a student at Georgetown while witnessing the genocide and what is happening in Palestine. Yeah, absolutely. You know, this has been going on for four months now. And why did you feel the urge to pick up the piece when you did? And what really drove you to to interview who you interviewed and and to put their stories together in the way that you did? Yeah, I started reporting on on on-campus reactions to the genocide right when, probably right when it happened since October. And I did some smaller news pieces about individual protests. Yeah. But as I talked to organizers and students, I realized that there was kind of a bigger story missing um, that took a, a more, a broader look at how Palestinian students were feeling and how the university's inaction and kind of silence was impacting their everyday lives. And so I spent some time kind of getting to know people, getting more comfortable around them, talking to them in an informal sense before I really started interviewing people. I started in early December and then spent a few weeks doing that. And so I wasn't really ready to start writing until winter break and then obviously we all went home. Um, But I knew that with my co-writer, Catherine, we knew that it was something we wanted to publish right when we came back to school. So we kind of have been preparing for this for a while and this was the first print issue, so it seemed like the perfect time. It was fitting, absolutely. And there's something to be said about students, you know, like they continued to gather on campus and at some point it wasn't about what was going on abroad anymore. It was about the administration and about how it, they were being silent and not helping the students. So yeah, that's it's really, it's a beautiful thing that you gave voice to that. So I also wanted to ask, this was obviously, it's a very heavy piece you have to be very careful in the way that you write it to make sure that your message gets across clearly so what was it like writing this piece as compared to others that you've written for the voice yeah i've never written a feature before so this was my first long form piece of writing that i'd done for the voice and it was much harder because there wasn't i wasn't immediately sure what the story was it took a ton of interviews, a ton of interviews that didn't even make it into the piece to kind of figure out what the story was. I kind of had a feeling that something was wrong and that people had things to say, but um, I talked to a lot of Palestinian students, obviously, but I also talked to other um, activists on campus and faculty and people who just could give insight. 
Um, and so I think obviously there's a lot more labor that went into it, a lot more behind the scenes labor. Yeah. And also kind of a lot more thinking on my own about what the story was and what I wanted to say versus it being very clear from the, from the beginning what the story was going to be. Yeah, absolutely. It was an intense process. I was, I was fortunate enough to witness some of it and kind of, you know, jumped on at the very end, but it was, it was intense. It was intense, a lot of work, um, but it will pay off beautifully, I'm sure. So the listeners probably know this, and, and you know this as well, but I am an Arab student here on campus, and I know that a lot of my friends, my classmates, my colleagues were are very anxious about people sharing our stories, particularly the stories of Palestinian students. So if I can ask, how did the people that you interview react to the news that the story was being written? I think the way that I started... I intentionally put the narrative in the hands of the people I was interviewing because, like I said, I didn't really know what the story was. I could just sense that there was something that, you know, I thought should be shared. So I really went in to a lot of interviews being like, tell me what you think I should know or tell me what you think a reader of our magazine should know and really let them guide the conversation that way. And then... Once I kind of had those preliminary conversations, I was able to ask people, would you be comfortable talking about your personal story? Or is this something that you don't even want shared? Like, I think there was a lot of back and forth that um, allowed me to not feel like I was imposing something on Palestinian students who are already experiencing such emotional burdens. Um, By really, like, allowing them to have agency in the story, I really just kind of sat back and was there with the microphone and recording. But I think once people realized that I didn't have any ill intentions and that I was someone that they could trust, they were really excited to share their stories. I think they had hesitancy in, you know, necessarily sharing too much, but I think people really appreciated the opportunity to be able to tell their stories in their own words to someone that they thought wouldn't misconstrue what they were saying. Absolutely, and I think that there was... It, you gave them that, that voice and that power to share that with specifically our campus because you know that's a big part of the story is that they have been silenced on campus and unable to, to, to really explain themselves or, or get any kind of support, so... I'm sure that they were grateful for the opportunity. And of course, this is such a, a, a big piece and, and you only had 2,000 words to write with. So um, was there anything that you really wanted to be included that ended up getting cut? Yeah, I think there's two things. One, um, a lot of students, a lot of Palestinian students spoke in depth about how events and reactions to the genocide outside of Georgetown had impacted them, like whether that was from the U.S. government or other reporters or just people that, you know, were not empathetic to their stories. They had a lot to say about that, and because the article was so Georgetown-specific, we couldn't really get into it. Um, But I think that hearing all of it really informed how I wrote about the Georgetown Um, story because it was so clear that it wasn't just while it is focused on what Georgetown is or isn't doing 
there's a much larger backdrop. And specifically, there was a PhD student named Rakaya who is a PhD student, so she, you know, isn't super involved in campus life, but she's Palestinian, she has family living in Gaza, and she had some really um, important insights into what it's like to be an academic trying to write and research about the Palestinian experience um, that, again, never made it into the article, but I think she, like, shed some really important um, insight on, again, yeah, like, academia and Palestinians in only being talked about when there's a war, and why, why can't we talk about Palestinians in, in another context? Yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing was, um, because we made this so centered on Palestinian students, because they were the most affected, we didn't really include interviews from anyone outside who were also, you know, had Palestinian friends or colleagues or um, were from other Arab countries and could really empathize with the experience. We didn't include any of them in the article because we were kind of focused on those most affected, but I think there was a really powerful narrative about why people who aren't Palestinian should care about this and how it's really, like, a human a human rights issue, uh, an issue that touches all of our lives and people from all walks of life had really inspiring things to say about why they support Palestinians and the Palestinian cause. Absolutely. I mean, I think the most important thing here was to give that voice and to make sure that their message was being heard. And although that, you know, it's difficult to exclude like maybe other Arab voices or or things like that, like we are all voiced through them. So that was the most important thing, I think, for sure. And and I, I echo Rukeya because I, you know, Every time I hear about Lebanon, you know, in a class or anything like that, it's always through a negative lens, and it's just like it's it's sad. And um, you know, just like her, when we're going through academia, you know, we're reading about the history, reading about the events, but they're still very much ongoing. And I, I know that some of the interviewees echoed this, but it's very much a, still a part of daily life for for us and, and for them. And so, absolutely, that's sad that it couldn't be in in the print, but now it's captured forever, (laughs) captured forever here. So I know that you said earlier that you didn't really know the direction of the piece right when you started it, but you knew that there was a story to be shared. But now that it is, it is done, it's, you know, going to be on stands tomorrow. What, what do you feel like was your goal? Who is your audience? And what do you hope that the effect will be on campus? Yeah, I think in a lot of ways, this was a very, like, Uh, I don't want to say selfish, but it it was a project that I thought would kind of help me understand what is happening and my own place in it and the place of people who, like I said, aren't directly affected by the genocide, but are human beings and, you know, are shocked and feel so, so much emotion still about what's going on. Um, My goal was to reach kind of people that I saw like me who besides like maybe knowing classmates or um, professors who are Palestinian don't have any personal connection, but to really reach people from that level of these are your classmates, these are people that you see every day, this is what their experiences are, and you as their peer have like the responsibility and the obligation to see and affirm their suffering and not distance yourself from this conflict just because you don't have a personal connection to it. Um, I think it's really aiming to reach like 
someone who maybe thinks that, oh, this is something happening far away, or this is something that started in October, but maybe it's not still going on anymore. It's to like remind people that one, this is really still going on and it's only getting worse. And two, this isn't something far away because you have classmates and other Georgetown community members for whom they can never stop thinking about it. And the least you can do is recognize their experiences. A lot of people will justify not educating themselves or, or being aware you know, with the idea that it's it's far away or we don't have a personal connection, just like you said, but really, you're, I mean, you're right. It's We're all connected to it and it does, in a way, affect and reflect on all of us. So, absolutely. I'm, I'm so excited for people to, to pick it up and read it tomorrow when it hits the stands. So thank you so much for joining us on, on Post Pitch. Um, and to our listeners, make sure to check out Sabrina's article in this week's issue of The Voice and check out the rest of our podcasts on georgetownvoice.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you, Sabrina. Thanks, Romy.